and welcome to the X Factor Racing Podcast. My name is Sherry Riddock, and I am here with my three lovely co-hosts this week. And we are going to be dissecting the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby. But first, um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hello, ladies. Hello, it's Ancora Imparo, Mad Fat Teacher on Twitter. Glad to be back. Hey, it's Mary Rufo uh, at Miss Mary Rufo one on Twitter. Glad to be back with these ladies. And finally, I'm Caitlin Free at Caitlin E Free on Twitter. Glad to be back with you guys and happy Derby and Oaks week. I feel like I've waited so long to say that, but it's finally back and it's finally here. And I'm super excited to be enjoying it with some of my best gal pals in racing. Woohoo! And we're very lucky this weekend as we have Caitlin on site for us. So it's, uh, if you haven't, if you didn't catch her on her Twitter handle, make sure that you do follow please because she is a great mind and she has so many wonderful handicapping tips. So make sure you follow along. And just to let you know that we will also be posting all of our picks on our Twitter handle uh, this weekend if you would like to follow along with us or if you have any questions about our picks? Because obviously today we're going to run through some of them, but it won't be our final decisions due to the fact that, you know, we still are a couple of days out. And as we know, the Kentucky Derby and Oaks Pixers changes minute by minute. So we will be sure to update things before we post them. And again, we are very open to answer any questions and any comments that you may have. Um, and before we get started, uh, we would like to uh, send our sincerest condolences to the connections of the exercise rider, Callie Witt, that suffered a tragic accident. Um, I think it's important that we take a few minutes and really send out thank yous and respect to all of the people that work in this industry, whatever way, shape or form, and we just, uh, we would like everybody to just come together and um, pray for this family and think about them and everybody else involved and to really just appreciate all the people that work in this business. And I would, I would like to go one step further and say that if you do have a home track, a track that you're visiting frequently and, and you get to know those people, I've only been to Santa Anita a handful of times but there are people that I have seen who work on the backside. I've seen them every single time I've been there. And if you ever get a chance to get involved or donate or contribute in any way, please do so. They are working so hard. And, and this tragedy just kind of brought that even more to the forefront for me. That was very well said. And, you know, in racing, you see, unfortunately, some accidents that do happen even in races. And you see jockeys that to just spill here and there and, and understanding how lucky it is when it's not something serious um, because these accidents do happen. And it's not about if you fall, it's, it's when you take a spill. Um, and just knowing that these people love horses, they love it so much that they're willing to put themselves out there um, and understand that this is a dangerous job. So we appreciate them immensely. Truly. Thoughts and prayers. 
It, it's a very dangerous job. And we went through uh, this at, at Woodbine a few years back with a fellow by the name of Darren Fortune. And he's talked about and remembered all of the time. And I think that's important that we all recognize that this is a part of our sport. And no matter what happens this following weekend, the first thing priority is safety for everybody. And I hope that everybody gets around safe and sound. And I hope that we all have a really wonderful derby ahead. Ooh, absolutely. Amen. Thank you. So that being said, does anybody have any little racing tidbits that they would like to share over the weekend? Anything that stood out? I know I have some, but I'll let somebody else take the floor maybe for a little while. <laughs> Sherry, watching your uh, Twitter feed on the weekends is one of my new favorite things to do because you just post amazing pictures and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, Carson, who isn't with us this week, she's, she's flying, right? She's, she's headed up North to you, right, Sherry? Yeah. Um, she's going to the other, other coast though. She's out to got Maine. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's not the only photographer among, among us. So it's nice to see your Twitter feed. And My so nowhere near Carson's and we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see your videos too, because you're always cheering mm -hmm. on the horses and, and they say you lose your voice every so often because you're cheering for them, but that's, that's the good, good part of it. Absolutely. Well, I need some more Sherry gems. Mm -hmm. oh, the fantastic. Well, and you know what? Uh, my friend ran this weekend. She has a horse by the name of November Fog. And her name is Sarah Ritchie. And I don't know if anybody followed the Gator Kitten Twitter handle. Of course. Yes. Well, Gator Kitten sadly passed away last year. And Sarah... Um, as is, is a, a female trainer, obviously, at Woodbine, and she has a, a nice stable, and she has this horse, November Fog, that I've got to know since she was a baby, and she made her season debut this year. She came second in a couple of stakes races before year-end, and we, we were just screaming so hard trying to get her to the wire, and then Saturday, we got her to the wire in, a, nice. in the biggest race of her career, and I literally, I, I was shaking. I couldn't do a video. I couldn't, <laughs> I was just, and you know what? Sienna was there with me, which was wonderful because Sienna has also seen her grow up. So um, it was nice to see her all the way from two to now she's five and to, and she just, she, you could see the maturity in her and for my friend to start off her year that way after the whole COVID fiasco mm -hmm. and it was just such a good feeling to be able to all cheer and share that. And, and the females had a fantastic weekend this weekend. I just want to mention that as well. Emma Jane Wilson had a bunch of wins. Uh, my friend, Sarah, Catherine Day Phillips had a win. Barbara Minchel had a two-year-old that blew everybody out of the water and not this time. Philly beat the boys. It was really a, a fun, fun weekend. So it's kind of a nice lead up going into, into the Oaks and Derby we have coming up. So that's my story. Absolutely. <laughs> How about you, Mary? Um, I watched some racing this weekend. I hit the late pit five on Keeneland's last day. So that was fun. Wow. Congrats. I would have posted the ticket, but the ticket looks like bad stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime someone posts a ticket, they get dragged for bad ticket stretch. <laughs> so I'm like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that was fun. 
Golden Gate kind of kicked my butt this weekend. Mm. Uh, they had a great card. It just wasn't lining up for me. Um, nothing much else to report. Just looking forward to this weekend, and I think I'm getting antsy and excited for it. So, same. Yeah. How about you, Caitlin? I guess you're just doing a lot of prep for this weekend. Yeah, I honestly took a little bit of a step back from racing um, this past weekend and weekend. Obviously, I looked at Golden Gate and a couple other tracks as well, followed along with Churchill for their opening day card. But as you said, doing a lot of prep. So I kind of, you know, went shopping this weekend to get some of my stuff for the week um, fashion-wise, but really just took a little bit of a step back to kind of take a break from it and then prepare for what I have to do this week, which I think was pretty refreshing. So definitely nothing to report on my end. We've seen some of those pretty fascinators though. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to bring them all. And I honestly don't know what I want to do yet. That's why I kind of got white. Well, I originally wanted red, but then none of the red dresses at the few stores that I went to really impressed me. And like, I know I've talked about this multiple times. The dress style right now is just like a combination of Little House on the Prairie and um, what's that show where the girls wear the um, cops? Huh? Cops. No, I'm no, kidding. No. <laughs> the girls wear the red robes and the bonnets. Um, oh, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, literally. Everything mm-hmm. looks like it's from that or Little House on the Prairie. So that's just not my vibe. So I really had to look really hard and I found a really nice white one that I like. So I feel like I can kind of, you know, wear that with really anything that I decide. You would wear white to a track. That's what I'm most interested in now. I'm going to have to know how that dress turns out at the end of the night. I've never worn white to the track before. So, um, we'll see. I was planning on wearing a white, um, tank top with a green blazer over top of it one day um for the card so we'll see kind of a bit of a dress rehearsal for wearing white but I'm hoping I can stay far enough away from people that it won't be too big of a deal but trying Mm -hmm. to stay away from people on Kentucky Derby Day just like right right um it's just not a good plan (laughs) I think that that's a really good thing too that you know, uh, it is important that we mention is taking that step away sometimes is a really good thing to do before these big days. I didn't bet normally like I would this weekend. I went out and I had some fun just to kind of like free my mind a little bit, but mm-hmm. still be involved because there was a lot happening this past weekend. We had some Queen's Plate hopefuls make their, their yearly debut, but it's so nice to when you look at, at past performances constantly and watching racing constantly, sometimes your mind gets really jumbled. So when you have like, if you've looked at the PPs for the fields for Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. like, there is beyond work to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So it's really nice just to totally shut that side of your brain off and go out. Like I went for a ride this morning. It was fabulous. I wasn't thinking about anything. Just to just to quiet things a little bit before you know the hamster starts going on the wheel and you're thinking of pace scenarios and who's going to break and who's not and because there's you know there's so much that information you have to take in. So sure. I think that was really wise, Caitlin, that you did that, and especially because you're going to be on site, you're going to have some long days, girl. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, Wednesday is going to be a particularly long day for me. And then, of course, the Oaks and the Derby. So I had to. I feel like I was going to get totally burnt out if I didn't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, now, uh, do you, let's talk the Oaks first, maybe. Who's sure. your stand ladies? Whatever Who's you guys want to do. I just want you all to know that I love you enough that I did some serious research, like master's degree thesis research. Uh, And I'm still working on my top choices. Now, again, Sherry mentioned at the top that these could change by Friday because I'm still doing research, but I'm ready. I'm ready, ladies. So. All right. Fire away then. Who you got? All right. I am in love with Secret Oath. <laughs> and I love Secret Oath. So um, I, I hope Benny South Street is listening because I actually uh, have watched replays today and did a, I think, a decent job of reading what I was seeing on the tape. Um, and so when I was looking at Secret Oath's previous races, uh, especially when she was at Oaklawn on April 2nd, race 12. I can't remember if that was a stakes race. Um, but anyway, at her break, she was squished in the middle of a pack. So she had a terrible break, um, but managed to come out of it. Initially, I love a closing horse. So she's a closer is my interpretation. Please correct me if I'm wrong. And she was at, um, the back, I think of that race for much of it. And then at the end, she came right up behind Cyberknife. And Barbara Road got second, but she was third behind two boys. And I really thought she held her own well. Uh, and that was the Arkansas Derby. Yes. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. So uh, apparently I forgot to write that down in my handy <laughs> notebook, but um, I just was really impressed. I love that kind of dramatic finish where it's like, you know, they're in the back the whole race. And then at some point they just kick it into gear and head toward the front. So I'm in love with Secret Oath right now. That could change tomorrow, but right now she's on top for me. <laughs> that was the race that she went up against the boys after her win in the honeybee. Yeah. Right. And I just felt like there's so much power there. Uh, and that, you know, maybe with the oaks, she'll be able to bring that power out and uh, surprise everybody. So, how do you feel about her drawing first? Uh, I was talking to a friend about that before the podcast, and I was like, oh, that seems like it's okay. And he was saying, no, that's going to be terrible in a field that size, you know, it's, it could be really easy to get pinned on the rail and, you know, not be able to get away from it. So I am a little bit concerned about her drawing one. Um, but if she's a closer, then she's not going to be part of the early pace anyway. Correct. True. Yeah. Go ahead, Caitlin. I was going to say, I actually disagree with that. Um, okay. I that's- don't. I don't think that it's going to be much of a hindrance to her because she is a closer, but I think she's going to be a little bit ahead of Kathleen O. And I think Ooh. that based off the way Luis Saez, um, I'm actually going to talk to him tomorrow about Secret Oath. So I can maybe kind of get a feel of how he's planning to ride her and kind of what Dwayne Lucas has told him because uh, this is going to be the first time that he's been on her. But I think her coming out of the one hole, she's definitely not going to be any part of the speed, but I think it kind of gets her in a position to maybe, maybe where she can kind of get that pocket trip and maybe sit like a seventh or an eighth and be a ground saving rail type of trip. Um, I don't think it's going to hinder her at all because she's not a forward speed type of horse. She doesn't have to send coming out of there. 
So Caitlin and ladies talking to my friend about this, he was also saying that Luis Saez can be a, an aggressive rider. So will that benefit her, do you think, coming out of the gate? Yeah, I, I definitely think it will. It's going to be a change up of tactics. Luis Contreras, I believe, was on her before. And he's much more of a relaxed type. Um, but I think it's going to be a little bit, you know, to her benefit to see her a little bit closer. But as I said, definitely not part of that first flight. She's going to still be towards the back, but I think she's going to be a lot closer than she has been. And I wasn't crazy about the ride that she got in the Arkansas Derby. I thought she found a lot of trouble. I think she was the best horse in that race. So she's definitely flying in this race kind of under the radar and seems to be the most forgotten one out of the uh, big four that we've been talking about. Yeah, you know what, Caitlin, I'm just going to touch on that a bit because I was speaking with Robert Geller, who's our race caller here at Woodbine, and we had talked about Louis Contreras, who predominantly rides at Woodbine, but he spent the uh, winter riding at Oaklawn. And we see that trip a lot here, where the horses sit back and then they swing wide and uh, make their move. And necessarily, that might not have been the best move for her that day, Yes, she, she ran into trouble at the break and she was a little bit farther back. And I think that that was a bit of a hindrance for her because I don't think the plan was to be that far back, but it just made her, gave her way too much to do at the time, mm-hmm. right? So when she made that big sweeping move, and I mean, she's taking on Colts and she, you know, she, she granted, she went so wide that sometimes it's hard to sustain that bid when you're going that wide, mm-hmm. right? So I I don't know if that was necessarily the right trip for her either. And I know there was a lot of discussion about it. And Luis Saez is now off of her. It changes so quickly. Saez is on (laughs) and maybe she'll, she will be like Caitlin said, a little bit more in the second tier as opposed to being in the deep closing part. Because if the track is playing fast in any way, and if she's that far back, she's not going to have much of a chance. She's going to need to be close to that speed. And they're going to need somebody with that clock in their head that knows, okay, you know, how far, how close do I have to be and or how far away do I have to be? And Lewis Um, Contreras has actually picked up the mount on Ethereal Road. Oh, nice. Okay. Nice. So So you think... You think the jockey change and, and putting a more aggressive jockey on her could actually benefit her and keep her where I she think needs it's to a be. positive. I think mm-hmm. it's a positive thing. Yes, I do. FYI, my dog, John Henry, also has an opinion. Uh, <laughs> and he says, still John Henry. I'm like, he's dead, buddy. <laughs> How about you, Mary? What do you think? What do I think about Secret Oath? Or what do I think about the Oath? Um, I know you did, but <laughs> I, I've been on Echo Zulu since the beginning. I watched her break her maiden at Saratoga, and then on to the Spinaway Stakes for that stakes, uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, and and you know I was pretty surprised at Hidden Connections Morning Line odds being twenty to one. That was a big shock to me because that Louisiana Oaks race was a mile and a sixteenth. This is a mile and an eighth, and if they were to have continued that race to you know half another half furlong uh i think hidden connection would have beat so i just thought that was a very high morning line for hidden connection so i would consider i would consider using hidden connection somewhere in there 
and also Nest. I mean, Nest's last performance was incredible, coming four wide in the turn and just absolutely destroying the field. She's a, she's a real contender here, even at close position four, which I don't love, but, you know, that's kind of what What's that? How about Caitlin? I feel like I have a slightly different opinion than a decent amount of others um, from the race. I love Echo Zulu. If I had to pick one out of the big four, it would probably be her then maybe followed by Ness. But I think I'm going to go with somebody as of now, unless I hear something that changes my mind, but I'm hearing nothing but positive things. I think I'm going to go with a bit of an outsider horse, somebody that's on the morning line at 15 to one, hoping maybe that this horse is kind of flying under the radar kind of is forgotten about. Um, her new trainer, Sherry, you're smiling because you know who I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> her new trainer has been very, very bullish on her in the mornings, really wanting to bring her up a lot. I know he's very, very impressed with what he's seen for her in the morning. Um, I'm talking about Shahama coming out of the UAE, was originally trained by Fozzie Nas um, with Todd Pletcher. Now it's going to be ridden by Flavian Pratt. And I can't think of a hotter jockey right now than Flavian Pratt. So I was already very, very keen on her. But as soon as I heard that he had them out, I was like, baby, sign me up. <laughs> so she's never been beaten, which there's a couple of other horses in here that haven't been beaten. Um, but she makes her own trips and she just seems so, so, so mature. Um, she can run on a muddy surface. She can run on a fast surface. She's proven over both of them. Um, and she's proven to be distance tested. She's already ran farther than they'll run in the mile and an eighth in the Kentucky Oaks. She won at um, a mile and three sixteenths last time out. She's had a bit of time off, um, and she has also been working really, really hard for Todd Pleasure. So I don't think fitness and time off is really going to be an issue. Another reason that I really like her coming into this race is she's been carrying around 128 pounds over in Dubai. She's going to be carrying almost 10 pounds less than that um, this week. So I think that could be something that could be a great equalizer. And I know a lot of people have asked me, well, who has she beaten out there? I mean, nothing too spectacular, I would say, but um, – Minwa that she's beaten two times. She's a really nice filly and has gone on to do decent. So she's actually beaten Minwa three times, excuse me, but um, she's done nothing wrong. She's bred really great half sister to looking at lucky. So hopefully she can avenge her brother looking at lucky's uh, loss at Churchill downs from quite a few years back, but just has a great ped pedigree by Munnings. Um, as I said, she's proven on a muddy surface. The Munnings do like to run in the mud. And she's proven at distances beyond um, this race. So I'm actually hoping she's 15 to 1 on the morning line. I'm hoping I can get every bit of that. If I can get 10 to 1, I'll be really happy. But um, as of now, based on what I've seen, what I've heard, I'm going to go check on her in the barns this week and try to talk to Todd Pletcher about her a little bit more. Um, I think I'm going to be all in on Shahama. Very interesting. Very, <laughs> very interesting. I, um, I see everything completely different. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. It wouldn't be fun if we all agreed. Well, you know what? I kind of had stuff in my mind. And then once the draw came and, and there was a couple of horses that I wasn't really familiar with. So I went back and I watched replays all afternoon. And I just, I found that this race could, could actually just set up really easy for Echo Zulu. I, d I don't. I don't know if Yugiri will go with her. I don't know if anybody will try to go with her. If they don't go with her, it could be her race to lose. I'm not concerned about her about her last race. I know that she really needed it. 
And with Hidden Connection, I, I watched that one back too. And Hidden Connection, the race before the Oaks, she was post 11 and she had a wide, wide trip the whole way around. So I was expecting her to run better there against Echo Zoo. And she did, she ran fantastic, but she never like Echo Zulu, she never got by her. And could she have probably, but Echo Zulu, she's gonna be tougher coming in, I think in this race, like now that having that one under her belt. However, for an odds look, I would like Goddess of Fire. And the reason why I like Goddess of Fire is I think that Venti Valentine might also try to go with Echo Zulu. I don't think that they will let her go all the way on her own. I just don't. Just because if they do, they know that the race is over. So I do think that there will, there will be somebody that'll push her. And I think Goddess of Fire is going to sit right in that stocking position and just bide her time. And now she's run second in the Florida Oaks and she ran second uh, at the fairgrounds too. And I think she's just sitting on a win. And if anybody I think has a, a little bit of room to improve, it's her, but she's been in the dog fight. She's been the, like trying to slug her way. And I just have a feeling that maybe this, this one could be her time. If like she can get that setup, she's gonna need the perfect setup. There's no doubt about it but she's gonna be at a 15 to one price as well. And I think that it's worth a shot. Like I'll, I'll if, if the money's there, I will for sure play her across because I think that, that the value will be, I, and even, I, I think she could even be higher because I think Nest is gonna take a lot of money, rightfully so. Nest has been wide in every single race she's been in. I watched them all. She's been four or five wide. She'll have no problem getting the distance. Absolutely zero. But you know what? We can all have a bad day. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. This is, this is the Oaks. So I, I don't mm -hmm. want to take anybody that I'm not going to get a price on, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to try somehow to kind of figure in uh, a way that I'm going to make a little bit of money off it. And for a deep closer, I really like Turner loose. I think that Turner loose, even from the 14 hole, I watched Brad Cox interview there after the, the um, Oaks draw and Monomoy girl, I mean, she's a totally different animal. She won from the 14 hole and she doesn't have that early turn of foot. If there is any sort of pace, she's going to come closing like a train down the lane. And I don't think distance will be any problem for her either. So for now, I'm going to keep those two in the back of my mind that I'm probably mm. going to work around with Echo Zulu at some point. But uh, I definitely, I, I have not used Kathleen O at all. Uh, she could beat me 100%, but I don't have her in the mix right now. Secret Oath, I'm not really sure what to do with. Uh, but again, like that's just kind of where my head is at right now after watching mm -hmm. all the replays today. But I'm definitely, I think I'm going to do a little bit of price shopping. And right now, Goddess of Fire is my number one. Nice. I definitely, sorry. No, go ahead, Caitlin. I was going to say, I definitely agree with you out of the top four, um, Echo Zulu being the one that I would definitely want the most because to be the champ, you have to beat the champ. And one thing that she has that a lot of the other Phillies in this race don't have is she's battle tested. She is so, yeah. so game. And I think that that's, what's going to stretch her out. Even if distance is a little bit of an issue. Plus I, I think this race, as you said, Sherry, um, sets up best for her because even yeah. if she does have a little bit of pressure from say Vinci Valentine, you Gary, um, or somebody else, she's still faster than all of those horses. So they're going to come play catch me if you can. And that has worked this far out 
this far out and she was only about 70% fit um, coming out of the fairgrounds Oaks and hidden connection, who I think is a very legitimate racehorse. Um, as uh, you guys mentioned before, 20 to one on the morning on the herd, there's no way that sticks. I think she goes off at maybe 10 to one, something like that, but she's the stiffest competition that any of these um, Phillies have beat and Echo Zulu beat her at around 70%. So I really think she's going to be in better form coming into this race. And I do think that the setup works best for her. And I totally agree with you on Kathleen. O. if she wins the Oaks, she's going to beat me doing it. I'm just not interested in her. I think she's had some very, very easy races all her own way down um, in Florida. And historically the Florida preps are not very strong at all coming into the Kentucky Oaks. And I just, I don't know. There's just something that's really giving me pause about her. And I think she's going to be coming from way, way too far out of it. And I really don't trust her over a muddy surface either. Mm. I watched, um, I watched Echo Zulu's Breeders' Cup race again today. <clears throat> and it just gave me chills. And Hidden Connection was in that race too. And mm-hmm. granted, you know what, Hidden Connection has probably grown up a bit and, and matured physically and everything. But Echo Zulu was just so strong. And they were on her the whole time. And she drew off on them. So, you know, I just, I watched it and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go off of her. She just has not done anything wrong to me to this point. Um, I wish she would have won a little bit differently, but they said going in that she wasn't going to be fully cranked and they just had to get her started somewhere. So I'm expecting her to be that much more on the muscle and ready to go after that start. And I, I think Caitlin's right. Like, even if she does sustain a little bit of pressure, it might even just bring out the fire in her that little bit more and be like, okay, come and beat me. Right. But I don't see a lot of people and, and granted, like this is one of the biggest races. So I don't see a lot of people wanting to sacrifice their, sacrifice their horse getting in a speed duel and, and it not working out. So that is one of the things that I did like about Secret Oath was the idea that at least from what I could see, what my untrained eye could see in the replays that I watched today, she will sit a pocket in a pocket until she's ready to make the move. And and I'm, I believe then that that was probably Contreras who was riding her. It was such a nice ride. It was so smooth to get her into that pocket and away, you know, or through the pocket and away from the horses that eventually ended up dueling. I think so. I do like looking for those little elements in the replays and things like that, especially working with Benny South street. I mean, you're reading that stuff every day. So you have to go back and kind of look to see, but I, I am still going to push for push for secret oath, but I am looking at echo Zulu tomorrow. I like her as well. So imagine if the pace though does break down, imagine mm. those closers, it's going to be storming down the lane. Oh, be yeah. Fighting. No matter what, it's going to be very, very exciting. That's why I love a closer. Those are the moments I live for when they're just like all the way at the back and they come up. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> Gets my blood rowing, flowing. So. Well, we have some really great fillies in that race and it's going to be very interesting to see who comes out on top and I'd like your price on top. I think that would be great. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> are you guys planning on playing the, the double, the Oaks Derby double? Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is my Christmas. I will be um, hunkering down over the next few days, getting everything all together. And there's great value in that in that Oaks Derby double. If you really have a strong feeling about, you know, 
who you who you really like, it mm -hmm. tends to pay out quite well, even if it ends up being the favorite. And I, I honestly think um, out of like, I think we have a top four kind of in both the Oaks and the Derby. So I don't think we're going to get heavy favorites, you know, like I think we'll get three to one, four to ones, which I mean, if you can get two of those, there's your bang for your buck right there. Right. What was what was essential qualities final odds last year in the Derby? I believe he was seven to two. Okay, so that's still not. Yeah, that's a great. That's a that's a great price considering what we kind of had in the past. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm still thinking of good magic. Oh, <laughs> I love magic in the Derby. <laughs> You know, I kind of had a giggle to myself earlier. I don't know if it was Sherry or who said it in chat, but somebody said, you know, the morning lines for the Oaks are criminal or, or you know, they're ridiculous or something like that. And immediately in my mind, I was thinking, damn, even in horse racing, women can't, you know, like we, we deserve better. <laughs> so, but I think right now, isn't Secret Oaks sitting at six to one? Yes, yeah. and you should hammer that all day long mm -hmm. if you get six to one on her. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. So I, I like it. I think we're going to see a lot of fluctuation in mm -hmm. both races, the odds. I think yeah. we're going to see huge, huge fluctuation. And I, I think Caitlin here, like I would say probably favorite will be three to one. Yeah, even maybe even four to one, something like that, because I think it's going to be spread out a little bit. There was a lot of horses that were. 20 to one, 30 to one on the morning line odds. I can't see Tis the bomb going off at 30 to one. I think he'll be more like 20 to one. I think mm -hmm. charge it will be low, way lower. Um, Smile happy. I think is going to be a little bit lower. Uh, Cyber knife. I think is going to be lower. Classic causeway. I think is going to be lower. Zozos. I think will be lower. So I think that's going to spread out the odds quite a bit. I think there's going to be a lot of horses that will be lower. I don't think it's going to be the two favorites by any means. I think favorite goes off at maybe four or five to one. I think it's, you know, that spread out in my opinion, because, I think there's just so many ways that you can go in this race and I'm not trying to like be nitpicky or, you know, anything like that, but I, I just had a lot of problems with the morning line and the Oaks and the Derby this year, but if it scares horses, scares people away from horses I like, then I mean, Hey, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So Hancora, you know what I'm going to challenge you to do this, this, yeah. Oh, I love <laughs> homework. Give it to me. I'm going to challenge you to do a 20 cent superfecta in the Derby. Ooh. Okay. I've never done that before. Yeah. 20 cents. going to be, and, and we're going to post it on our Twitter handle. I think okay. we should all maybe do it. All right. Let's do because, it. You know what? I don't play superfectas very often either, but mm -hmm. because we're ha we have such great odds, I think it's a really good challenge because you can spend as little or as much as you want mm -hmm. right? for 20 cents. Yeah. So Super why, don't we, are always why don't we, as opposed to doing like a pick five where it would cost us, you know, yeah, crazy money because you're going to have to go deep in a lot of those races. I looked at the cards and it's mind blowing. So yeah. why don't we all try to do like a 20 cent superfecta for the Kentucky Derby and then we'll post that. Love it. All right. I'm in. Hold my beer. I'll figure out a way to screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our challenge that's going to be our challenge and we'll make we post it and we'll see how we do i like that plan i love it I too. Too. nice all right so do we want to move on to the derby now sure move on. and again i just want to 
want to remind the viewers that we will like this discussion is just kind of like the start of where we're going with our plays. Everything could possibly change, you know, from now to Friday. So we will be posting everything, mm -hmm. all of our, our Derby picks, all of our Kentucky Oaks picks. We're just kind of having a session where we're all chatting and seeing what we see. So Absolutely. make sure you check our Twitter handle and we'll post what we, what we end up playing. For sure. All right. Well, how about you start us off on the uh, Derby now, Ancora? Oh, no. I found a hill to die on, and his name is Zozos. <laughs> um, when I watched Zozos last race, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, but it's called, uh, what is it, 50 to 1, Mind the Bird? Oh, Mind yeah. that Bird. Yeah, Mind that Bird, excuse me. I felt like in Zozo's last race, he had a mind that bird moment where it was just like, like you said, storming down the lane and just came up. I loved it. I loved the energy. I think his drawing uh, at 19 is actually going to be great for him because in those races, I noticed once he breaks, the jockey kind of likes to take him in toward the rail a little bit. So I don't think that's going to hurt him too much. Um, let me see whatever these amazing notes I've written down. Uh, I do like Brad Cox as a trainer. I know that there are some issues there, but I'm going to ignore them for the sake of this. I don't know much about the jockey though, Franco. That's, a, that's who I'm going to be researching next. Cause I don't know a lot about, uh, that gentleman's career, but, uh, Man is typically in New York. He's really? usually in New York. Okay. He's in the New York colony. And he was on tis the law, which is the 2020 Belmont States winner. And that was the first race of the triple crown that year because of COVID. That's fantastic. He was second, he was second in the Kentucky Derby in, uh, in that race. So Manny has actually a decent record in the Derby was second. Wow, so it. this this makes me feel much better about my, uh, <laughs> my feelings for Zozos. Um, one thing I did notice was that in the fairgrounds race, and I'm still working on getting my lingo correct, but he did look like he won for fun. Like that horse is powerful. And even if he doesn't win this year, I think you know, in other races and graded stakes and things like that, he's just going to be, he's going to be someone that we should look after, I think. So that's how I feel. I'm sticking to it. Okay, Mary, how about you? What do you see? I like it. Uh, I've been on Messier since I saw him run. I think that horse is a beast and absolutely love him. I'm glad he's now able and eligible to run in the Derby. I was able to get those 40 40 derby points at Santa Anita. That was interesting. And also, I'm very interested in Barber Road. I understand he's going off 30 to 1 in morning line odds. I've been watching workouts of him, and I think he looks very good. He looks beautiful. Horse. Beautiful horse. I agree. Uh, obviously, I love Way to Barrio. I don't know if I can get behind him in the derby. There's just something that I'm not quite seeing there. Uh, matched up with all these other fabulous horses and Taba. I think Taba has the possibility. I saw something on Twitter of horses that have recorded fire figures for their last at least two starts before the Derby, 100 and above, and where they had placed in the Derby and they were relatively high. There was some issues, I guess, after each of Taba's starts being said to be un, uh, unsound after racing, and that's a concern mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, but other than that, I'm sticking with Messier. I have not great future wagers on him, but I put some 
I put some money on future wagers for him and I'd be nice to see him come out and Johnny V's on the mount. So I love Johnny V. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Great jockey. And also I'm not quite sure I can get behind the Japanese horse crown pride. Mm -hmm. There's just something that I'm not seeing there, but also I shouldn't be talking because Japan had get their butts at Breeders' Cup this past year. So <laughs> yeah, right. Who knows what they've got? Anything is possible there. Mm -hmm. And they cleaned up in, in Dubai, too. They've just been dominant. Yeah, it's incredible. Breeders' Cup. Like, yeah, like they've just been absolutely dominant. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How about yourself, Caitlin? I'm going to stick as of now. Of course, we still have a few days left to go unless I as I said with Shahama, here's something that I kind of don't like, or I'm leaning toward another direction. I'm going to stick with the horse that I've been on for quite some time now. And that's going to be epicenter. Um, I feel like he's the forgotten horse in this race. You know, Glenn Zandon is a um, new glittery and sparkly um, type of thing. He's looked good in the mornings. He's won one of the most recent prep races in the bluegrass, but epicenter kicked Zandon's butt a few starts back. Um, and I just don't like the setup that I think Zandon's going to get in this race. I do think the pace will be hot, but I think he's going to be coming a little bit too far out of it. And I'm worried about him with a significant amount of trouble in the Derby with a 20 horse field epicenter, um, post three, I don't think it's really going to be a problem for him. I see a little bit of speed around him, you know, with summers tomorrow, Messier, a little bit of speed, uh, speed smile. Happy doesn't really have a lot of speed, but then you see other horses, um, they're kind of more outside that have a little bit of speed. So really summer is tomorrow going beside him. He doesn't have to run with summer is tomorrow. And I think kind of similar to the way I was explaining with secret oath to Ancora. Um, I think epicenter can still blast out of there and be pretty fast, but sit kind of in that like third, fourth, fifth, sixth type of flight path. And that's one of the most common areas that you find a horse that does win the Kentucky Derby. And one thing that I really like about epicenter is he's a horse that, I think he wants to go this distance and he's very versatile and it's super important to have a versatile horse in the Kentucky Derby. He can be up closer. He can be a little bit farther back. And I think um, Joel Rosario just kind of has that feel for him when it comes to a race like this. So I really, really like Epicenter in here. I like Messier a decent amount too, um, to go with Mary a little bit. I think he's the better of the two Tim Yak teams. I have a lot of problems with Taba in this race. Um, if he wins the Derby, he's going to beat me doing it because I don't think I'm going to use him anywhere. I just can't see it happening. He just has too many things against him in this race. Um, I think his draw hurt him a little bit as well. Um, but another horse that I would be keen to use in here, if the prize holds or goes higher, is actually Crown Pride. Um, as Sherry said, buyer beware with the Japanese horses. And they've ran three horses in the Kentucky Derby in the past, they finished, I believe, 13th, um, 9th, and 6th. So make no mistake, there is a reason that these horses are moving up, up, up in the Derby. And I think within the next 10 years, they're going to win a Kentucky Derby. I'm not sure if it's with this horse, but I'm really, really excited to kind of key a lot of my um, kind of exotics around Crown Pride because I do think he's going to hit the board. I think he is that type of horse. He's a closer, but he's not too much of a deep closer. Um, now, I don't know how good the race was um, in the UAE Derby. I'm not really sure how much he beat, but he did beat a pretty nice Baffert horse in um, the name is slipping me. But they, I mean, he had an off day there, but he really impressed me in that race. He's bred to go the distance for sure. He's got a great race record. And the Japanese, they're 
their breeding and just the way they train these horses is finally starting to catch up and be seen on an international stage. So after what they did in the Breeders' Cup, Dubai, Saudi Arabia, Hong Kong, I think you would be absolutely silly to throw this horse out, especially in a race that's kind of as wide open as this is. And you will not get 20 to one. <laughs> you don't think? I don't think they'll get 20 to one. I think there's a lot of people that feel the same, that they're going to use him in there somewhere. And yeah. it's just because, you know what, like for my, for myself included, I mean, I got burned with Marsh Lorraine. I got, you know, I've, I've bet against them just because that's been, you know, I'm always okay. Well, I want to see what they do first, but because you, it's a hard, unless you're actually watching the international circuit, it's really hard to gauge their form. And that's, right. Right. That's kind of been the issue when they would, when they would come here. Right. You don't know what kind of form they're coming in with, but now that they're starting to win here in their breeders cup races and everything, and they're winning in Dubai, like, you have to pay some serious attention as to, okay, well, you know what, the program that they were doing, they stayed the course and now all of a sudden they're, they're reaping the rewards of it. And, you know, everybody has got their eyes open because mm -hmm. it's like on the grand stage, they're starting to win. Marsh Lorraine really solidified a lot how I feel about this horse because Marsh Lorraine, you could run that classic so many times and I would have never had her. And I've no, watched wishing Dunbar Road won that photograph. <laughs> <laughs> but for her to beat that caliber of a field, this is not as tough of a race as Marshall Rain run. And if she can win that type of a race, why can't Crown Pride win the Kentucky Derby? I mean, he's got the seasoning, he's got the breeding to go the distance, and you will have no question as to whether or not this horse is going to be fit. They almost work him every other day. I mean, he's on the track longer than anybody else. So this horse is well, well prepared coming into this race. I would say really the only knock against him is Christoph Sumian's number road in a Kentucky Derby. It's a pretty decent dirt rider over in Japan. And of course, you know, in Dubai, Saudi as well. So just some question marks with me on this horse, but he's got um, several strains of Sunday silence in his pedigree um, just has a great foundation about him. So he's one that I'm definitely keen to use. I'm not sure he can win the race, but I, if he wins the race, I'm going to be, I'm going to hit it. So, <laughs> so I have a question because I was actually going, I, I tossed crown um, or the Japanese horse, because for me, I haven't gotten to a point yet where I can adequately read their PPs. I don't necessarily understand some of the elements that, you know, uh, the horses are bringing over with them. And I also don't understand what that kind of traveling and journey does to the horse yet. So can you ladies kind of enlighten me about that? Like what kind of impact does that kind of travel? How soon do they have to get here in order to recover from it? That kind of stuff. I wouldn't be too worried about that with crown pride. He was actually the first derby horse on the grounds because okay. as soon as he left Dubai, he came over, I believe three days later and immediately went to Churchill Downs. So he's been to church, been at Churchill Downs for six, seven weeks, I believe. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. They, 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 um, they come quite ahead of time to prepare. That's good to hear. That's I, I follow um, Kate. Is that her? Kate, Caitlin? Kate. Yep. Yeah, she, she's on Twitter and she documents what they do with these with the Japanese horses. And it's wonderful because you can actually get a sense of what their training does and what's normal, because what's normal to us is not necessarily normal to them. 
And I still think too, a lot of people associate thunder snow with <laughs> the Japanese horses, mm-hmm. right? Which was, I mean, when you think about it, a lot of people that watch the Kentucky Derby don't watch the international circuit. Right. Right. But a lot of uh, us now that do watch more international racing know, especially like for Breeders' Cup and stuff like that, we know now to pay more attention to, uh, and social media is great for that because you get that exposure where you can watch the replays, like the replays from Dubai, and you can see how the horse traveled and, and the race that how the race took shape and you can it's almost like it's like racing that yes the travel is another thing you have to throw into consideration some travel well some don't but they tend to travel quite often like there was Mm -hmm. always us with the Dubai bounce and you know what I mean like we had it's it seems to have changed a lot um so I don't I don't think that that's so much quite a factor anymore maybe so for our horses than opposed to Mm -hmm. others coming in I'm definitely after we're done with the podcast today I'm going to ask you for that account because I would love to see those videos so that I could feel comfortable you know considering those horses going forward you know and making those decisions no, that being said, I didn't use them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, just, I, have a, I have a question mark beside him. Just because, you know what, I'm doing my, I, 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 I break down the race to, to pace and stock and close. That's the first mm-hmm. step that I do once the post positions are drawn. I try to kind of visualize, and I'll go through a couple of different scenarios of what I think and, and, and where he'll fit in, right? Um, Cause I too, I have to go back and I have to watch him in the, in the UAE Derby again, and just kind of get a better picture of where I think he's going to be in here. And the jockey does, he never, he's never ridden in the Derby, like Caitlin said. So for me, that's kind of like a big reason for pause, because I think it's, it's a lot to be thrown into and it's going to be crazy there. Mm. It's going to be jam packed, right? It's a completely different experience. So um I am looking for somebody I think that's going to sit second tier as well. I, I see a lot of speed in here. I don't know about anybody else, but I see like epicenter going from post three. He's going to have to, because he's going to have to secure some kind of position. Mm-hmm. He might let others go ahead of him, but I think he's going to show some form of speed. And I see Messier going, I see Zozo's going, charge it. Not sure. I I'm not sure what he's going to do possibly um pioneer of medina i think is going to go to try to get position and classic causeway is going to gun from the outside too because i think he he doesn't know any other way classic causeway so i think you're going to get a lot of speed in there that could potentially really upset the apple cart and could cause some chaos for the front runners I love Epicenter. I don't think he's done anything wrong. I have never bet him yet. And that tends to happen with the favorite for me in the Kentucky Derbies. I respect him 100%. I think I'll wait and see post time what odds are going to be before I figure out what I'm going to do with him. And I might use him in like a pick three or a pick four precautiously, just because I do think we'll end up getting four to five, four, four to five to one on him. And that's a pretty good price. I'm not using Zandon whatsoever. I think that- What about Flavian Pratt? <laughs> I think Zandon peaked in his last race. 
that's how I look at it. He, he jumped up 10 points from in his last race. Mm-hmm. And I think that was his, I think that was his moment. So for me, I'm looking for horses that I think are going to have their moment. Um, I don't know if maybe he might bounce off of that. Uh, I know that it looks spectacular what he did to be able to do that again in a 20 horse field, I think is kind of tough. Um, so, but I mean, I, I respect him, but I'm not going to use him. I just think that there's others that'll probably get a better sitting trip than him and Mo Donegal, who will probably be at the back. So I am, I'm hoping that Pioneer Medina actually can sit off of those pace setters. I really like him to win at a price as well. And I think that he would have given Epicenter a better run if he wouldn't have run his race prior to the race last out. I think that kind of messed up with him a bit. And I hope he can kind of grow up a little and move forward off of that. But I don't think we've got to see his peak race yet. So I'm kind of hoping that he's going to be the one that's going to have everything all come together at the right time. And he's going to be the one that crosses the finish line first. I really agree with you on um, Zandon. I was there for that race in the bluegrass. And I mean, I've never really thought much of Smile Happy, but I know he wasn't fully cranked up in the race before. And I know he wasn't fully cranked up there, but he was getting better. So I think Smile Happy could be peaking coming into the Derby. I still don't think he's good enough to win, but Zandon had to win that bluegrass. He had to. There was yeah. nobody else in there that could win that race, in my opinion. I just don't don't trust what Zandon has beaten. He's been beaten by Epicenter. But so, Flavian like, Pratt. <laughs> we, we got Flavian Pratt to win the Oaks. He's not winning both of them. Okay. If I, if I bet Flavian Pratt, he will lose. <laughs> so if he wins, I did you guys a favor. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. All right. Oh. I'm, I'm curious what you guys think of Classic Causeway coming out of the Derby, but then going back in, and now he is at 30 to 1. Sketchy. <laughs> well, I have futures on him. So if he ends up winning, I'm covered that way. That's yeah. kind of looking at that one. But what do you guys and, think about the fairness of that? Because for a minute, Pioneer Medina was in and then he was out. Now back well, in. I was, very voting. I was very stressed out because I was hoping so bad that, that Pioneer Medina would draw in just because I, I, he was the one that caught my eye out of all of the 20 that are in here. He's the one that kind of caught my eye that I think still hasn't gotten to where we've seen his best. And I mean, maybe we won't, but I, that's kind of what I look for when I'm looking at the Derby. Um, ones that have gone up 10 points in their last races to me, I don't know. I'm worried about a bounce. I'm worried that they're just not going to perform as well. So I'm trying to find that one that maybe something went a little bit awry in their last race or that they were wide or, you know, like I'm kind of just looking for that little bit of, of trouble. And, you know, I mean, not that they're not going to get in trouble here, but I, I kind of like actually that Joe Bravo's on him. I think it's, I, I think that he's going to really fly under the radar. I think he drew perfectly because he's going to have speed going from the inside and the outside. So he can just kind of sit and, 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 you know, figure his way out. Everyone from the outside is going to be trying to come in. Everybody from the inside is trying to come out. He's right in the middle. 
you know, I'm just hoping he gets a little bit ahead of Zandon, who I think is going to be in the back. And, and you know who else I think is actually um, worth the look is Cyberknife. I like Cyberknife. I do. And he just like has to horse. keep his head together. I'm hoping yeah. he can keep his head together. That's the biggest thing with him because mm -hmm. it's going to be a madhouse at the Derby. Yeah. He scored the other day and actually seemed to have done pretty well. I think he's grown up a little bit with age. Um, I actually have a super at 50 to one on Cyberknife. So I would love Cyberknife to come through. I've always really liked the horse. I think he has so much raw talent, but I, he's a head case. But I think Brad has I done a. I think but Brad, I like it that he drew post 16, Caitlin. I wanted him to draw on the outside. I, I think it's a great draw for him. Um, I think Brad is. Or yes, I think Brad's done a, a great job, you know, having this horse grow up. And I think he's coming into this race peaking at the right time. Now, I think he inherited um, Secret Oath having some trouble in the Arkansas Derby. Otherwise, I think she probably would have won. I think he was definitely one of the better horses in the race. But, you mm -hmm. know, he, I think he's going to be well suited for the distance. I think he's going to get a good setup. So I'm interested in, in him there as well. But I think he does have to improve quite a bit. Well, see, this is the thing, too, is if Secret Oath runs well, Ancora, then you got Cyberknife that, you know, you're going to have to use because. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and you know what? It's hard to say because I wondered if 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 Cyberknife would have dug down a little bit if Secret Oath had ended up coming to him. You know what I mean? Those are the kind of right. like what ifs. Barbara mm -hmm. Road, I think, too, is a little bit sneaky. I think he's going to come kind of running at the end. But, but if you look at Cyberknife, he only had that one really negative race on his record. You know, he, it was yeah. too much too soon. Yeah. Other than that, you know, like he's, he's been pretty solid and he's out of gun runner. He's going to, he's going to love the distance. I was just about to ask, is he the only gun runner that we have in the Derby? There's three of them. There's, or no, there's two, there's two early voting came out. The other one is, um, Gosh, who is the other one? Taba. Yeah, and I oh. wanted to, I think, Mary, you mentioned it earlier, but Zozos is a Munnings cult Munnings. as well. And I don't know a ton about Munnings, but I can guarantee you by Friday, I'll be an expert. Because <laughs> now that you brought that up, I'm like, okay, what does this mean? <laughs> if the track comes up sloppy, mm -hmm. Munnings is good. <laughs> okay, good. All right. So That's another reason I like. It's another reason I like Shahama and the Oaks because I think it's going to be a bit more moist for the Oaks and um, she's already won on a sloppy track and she is by Munnings. So, well, and that's the thing we're going to, if rain comes, then everything's going to change a bit. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So I'll have to handicap it twice. Thank you, uh, Spencer, <laughs> for, for informing me that I needed to do that. So but it's nice. I like having this forum where we can all talk and see what we see, because this is the great thing about handicapping is we all see everything differently. Right. And I'm learning so much from you ladies. It's, it's, it's really such a personal thing too. Like, you know, everybody sees things, how, how they interpret them and it can be completely different than what somebody else says, but it always gives you reason to go back and go, Oh yeah, well maybe I should go and have a look at that. For sure. So here's one thing while, while we're going to start to wrap up. Name play. We all know no balls ran at Woodbine this weekend. The gelding, no balls, won the Woodstock Stakes. Love so, it. <laughs> does Love name it. 
come at all come to you guys when you're looking at betting a race? For sure. My favorite, my favorite horse is speech. <laughs> I'm an English teacher. That was the first horse that got me up off the couch, screaming at the TV. She's a closer and speech. It just seemed, I was a little disappointed that, you know, what was it? Thousand words didn't do more. Definitely. <laughs> I love horse names. Love them. <laughs> Thousand words, thousand words, the horse that was stretched right before the Derby 2020. Yeah, he flipped over. Yeah, he flipped over in the paddock and broke Jimmy Barnes' arm. Oh, poor Jimmy. (laughs) But yeah, I I think, for instance, I was loving that thread on Twitter last week about Taiba, the meeting of Taiba's name and Mm -hmm. gun runner and all of that. Like I, Sherry, I totally get into all of that. And that when you posted no balls in chat, I giggled. It gave me the creeping giggles all day long. Hey, have you ever heard of a horse named no balls? Yeah. Just everybody. Like we <laughs> laugh like school girls. Yeah. All of us, like even the race caller, like it was just, yeah. the, and you know what? It's, it's such a great thing, right? Cause it just makes everybody laugh. Like remember um, F and X, Mary? <laughs> Which F and X? No, I don't. You don't remember FNX? He, um, the guy named it after his ex-wife. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You, you can definitely tell when an owner is working through something with some of these horse names. It's like, you should talk to somebody, sir. Have you heard the story behind the name Cyberknife? Yes. No, I haven't. Are they yes. What? Did they say that at the, the post position draw today? I vaguely remember hearing something like that. Yes, he is named after the instrument that is the new way to, um, I believe it's been tested with prostate cancer, but is going to hopefully be used in a lot of cancers. It's a um, kind of like a laser type of knife. I believe the owner or somebody very close to him has prostate cancer and it's kind of like a new revolutionary type of tool. So um, cancer awareness for CyberKnife. I love that. I love a good story. Yeah, there's some great horse name dedication type of mm-hmm. situations out there. One that I can think of is um, Jonathan Kitchen. Yeah. Has a horse. That's so cool. Um, kind of in honor of his father, his late father. So that there's really- a lovely, lovely woman named Orchidia in the Eddie Logan suite at Santa Anita. And one of the gentlemen who frequents the suite named a horse after her and it was so cool I just love a good story it's so nice so hmm. yeah I love that and uh I just wondered if that maybe came into play with anybody like say my birthday's in November so if there's anything November sometimes I'll tend to throw it in or the 11 which happens to be <laughs> yeah uh, what's his name pioneer Medina right he mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a sign right after last week's podcast I was so angry with myself because I'd heard Caitlin say Medina instead of Medina and I was like I've been pronouncing this horse's name wrong so long (laughs) really I don't know how you pronounce it like I really don't I've pioneer of Medina pioneer of Medina Medina spirit Medina spirit I don't know like I really I don't know and you can say it it's like 50 50 split down the way I just realized how to say Taba I was saying Taiba for the longest time don't ever look at me to get anything right (laughs) well (laughs) I'm I'm from um 
down the Kentucky area. So I typically have a Southern accent. So I'm going to draw the A out longer than most people would anyway. Haven't noticed at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as we wrap up, I like to say my perfect saying is I'm, I'm uh, perfect at being imperfect. And that's exactly how I feel. And you know what, ladies, this has been a wonderful discussion. Um, I look forward to what our plays are going to end up being come Friday and Saturday. And like I said, I'm going to be posting them on our uh, Twitter account, X Factor Racing. And if you guys, again, have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Uh, I'm once again, Sherry at GoPhilly on Twitter. And I am wishing everybody the most happiest, prosperous derby out there. And once again, I want to say first and foremost, safe trips for everybody. And ladies, let's kick some butt this week. Absolutely. All right, ladies, talk soon. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening.